Pints and Pints Podcast is the perfect wrestling podcast. There's a guy named Al and there's Danielle and this guy Fights and fights. We are a wrestling podcast. I think I have done this I before. can't imagine fights I Fights and fights. No, because I know I would have made fun of the accent. So we go ahead and podcast. get into it. So that That's I... how it sounded, okay? Oh, no, I'm that aware. That is the song. I'm still going <laughs> to... You're making fun of him or me? I'm making fun of you doing a Jamaican accent. I'll take it either way. <laughs> Irene, welcome to Tights and Fights, Mon. The show that discusses wrestling with the sincerity and hilarity that it deserves. Jesus. One love. I'm Hal Dude Lublin. Wait, let me do that again. I'm Hal Dude Lublin. I'm joined today by my fellow members of the Nation of Conversation, Dead Dan Talkin', Danielle Radford. <laughs> you told a lie. No, <laughs> not that one. <laughs> Never that one. I can't allow. Why do you hate me? I don't. I love you. And I also love Dead Man Walking. Dead Man Walking. Our special guest is the co-producer of the WrestleSplania podcast and a writer for Fanbyte Media. It's Elby No Selby Hunk Tears. Hey. Oh, that's so great. That's you have so the best great. name I've ever heard. <laughs> I, the wrestling I mean, the wrestling name is also nice. Good job, Julian. But I'm thank keeping you. it. I'm keeping no selby. Keep it. That's really good. Yeah, that yeah. is that is yours for no, all time. It. Yeah, you own that. Yeah. Welcome, welcome. Thank you so much. It's so nice being here in this pod room. <laughs> the podcast pod. Podcast pod room, yeah. The podcast yeah. pod room. We're in like a little box that's covered with the things. That's right. Sometimes, you weren't here before, LB. I talk about this all the time. The tiles were falling off, but they got put back on. <laughs> That's just a short story about this room. LB, tell us about uh, your wrestling fandom. How did you come to it? How long have you been watching? Your And, and your give me your favorite wrestler as well. Well, I was a, like, I saw some wrestling when I was a kid, but I was a really serious kid, and I hated it. Mm. Um, mm. I was offended. I thought it was distasteful and just... Not for me. So I didn't become a wrestling fan until 2016. Wow. Yeah. So really late in life. Even though I did watch like the entire Cindy Lauper, like Fabulous Moolah, like 80s angle on YouTube, like in <sighs> 2008 when YouTube Fuck was Moolah. kind of first a thing. But Cindy Lauper for Hall of Fame. Sorry, mm-hmm. I do this every episode. Cindy Lauper for thing. Hall of Fame. Absolutely. It's sure. nuts that she's not in there. And in 2016, like I went and visited my parents and was like, hey, you know, I've been watching wrestling and found out both of my parents had in their lives been secret wrestling fans and they didn't know that about each other. Oh, oh wow. Mark family! <laughs> so my dad has been watching, has been keeping up with wrestling in secret since 1960. Awesome. And my mom watched the Cindy Lauper stuff in the 80s when she lived in New York because she was like a new waver. So Yeah, how could you not? That's amazing! So yeah, me and my parents are now like a wrestling family and it like solidified us in during the 2016, which was a year. Mm-hmm. Um, Woo. Yeah. So, like, loving Chris Jericho brought my family back together. I cry all the time. This is literally one of those times I'm like, (gasps) that's amazing. It's really cool, yeah. And so I have to ask, because I've been curious about this since um, forever. So you are a co-producer on WrestleSplania. Yeah. They are in New York. Yes. You are here. Yes, I am. How do y'all make that work? We're basically just always in our our secret Discord channel talking a ton of shit. Secret. Yeah. Mm. And then we also do work while we're like being dickheads with each other. 
<laughs> but I mean, so I don't do any of the audio engineering or anything like that. Um, my co-producer, uh, Nate, he does all that. And then I listen to it. I'm really pedantic, which is why they don't let me on very often. <laughs> so, like, I'll I'll like put together lesson plans because it's like an explainy podcast. So, right. One thing that's gotten that's been really exciting for me is like hearing from people who say things like, you know, I've always been curious about wrestling, but I've never had an access point, and then I checked out this show that literally explains topic by topic things to me and I'm like oh okay it's accessible I can especially with Japanese wrestling the language barrier the tech barrier Mm -hmm. which is getting easier but you know yeah y'all and how to wrestling are fantastic for people who really want to deep dive yeah we're so happy to have you here something just fell on the floor it's fine I think it's my it's your pin let me pick that up last year I'm so excited about this pin (laughs) enjoy enjoy your pin we have finally passed the last off-ramp on the road to Wrestlemania Fastlane is one of those shows that is a throwaway in general. Mm-hmm. I thought this one was pretty damn good. So I enjoyed some of the matches a lot, which means it was a good pay-per-view, basically. Mm-hmm. Right. So I'm happy. <laughs> Boy, the bar's been set so low for us now. I know, or like your time has been wasted. It was genuinely yeah. enjoyable to watch. It was fun. Let's get right into the show and all the fallout, starting with the main event for the last time, in quotes, The Shield versus Baron Corbin, Bobby Lashley, and Drew McIntyre. Great match. The Shield matches are always fun brawls, and this is no different. I always enjoy them, and I, you know, I enjoyed the, this is the last ride, like, this is the last time we're going to see The Shield together, and that's the story of the match. Barry Corbin, Bobby Lashley, and Drew McIntyre, I'm not super into that, but... I love the shield. It just kind of feels like the popular boys picking on the other kids. It's right. Fine. So when you came, really came into wrestling, the shield had already been broken up. And and I also, I had been away for a while and I came back right after WrestleMania or at WrestleMania 30. So I really, I don't have the same attachment to them. What about you? Well, I don't have the attachment, but I have tremendous respect for the attachment. Mm-hmm. Because before I was into wrestling, basically my whole... Since I was, like, 12, I've been, like, kind of too very involved in, like, slash fit communities. Mm-hmm. And The Shield is, like, that's a big thing. Mm-hmm. So I've seen, like, I'd seen them around. I'd seen, like, gifts of them before I started watching wrestling. So it's not my thing, but I'm very protective of, my, like, my fellow weirdos. That's my Shield feelings. It's, yeah, that's, it's. There aren't really, like, the right words to explain that without uh, throwing everybody (laughs) under, like, the pervert bus, but... Do it! (laughs) (laughs) This feels like such a respectable podcast. No! You're right, okay. No, we're trash. Uh, This match, to me, felt like if you were a big fan of the Eagles and you went to their reunion tour and they played Hotel California and they played Mm -hmm. Take It Easy, they played, like, all their hits, you're like, oh, that was... Yeah, I got to see the Eagles. Like, that was exciting for me. I got to see the Eagles live. They played all their songs I expected them to. They played it like it sounds on the album, so that was good. Uh, it's just like a like they can't have a a really bad match together yeah. as a group. And it's better than when I saw Judas Priest live, where it was like, "Why are you playing shit off your old album?" <laughs> this is twenty. What was it? Twenty twelve. Yeah. No B sides. No, thank you. Yeah. I don't exactly. want your. I want Run to the Hills, and I want Run to the Hills for. Two hours. <laughs> so this story continued the next night on Raw. We had Seth Rollins continuing his path to Brock Lesnar, taking on Shelton Benjamin. What? Huh? 
I mean, I like Shelton Benjamin. I'm glad he's on television. Like, good for you, Shelton Benjamin. Yeah. But why? What? I think Paul Heyman said he and Brock Lesnar are like sparring partners or something. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I'm. I like Shelton Benjamin. He's got sure. such a pun him. Yes, him, he does have a pun. Um, yeah. That I'm just I'm happy whenever I see him, and I also I'm like a big Mia Yim fan, and he mm-hmm. and Mia Yim do like a lot of bits oh, together yes, online. Yes, yes, yes. So I'm like that that has endeared him to me a lot. So I'm like, yay, <laughs> Shelton Benjamin. Good to see him on TV. Y'all know I love my tweets. Jr. Now is officially no longer with the company, mm-hmm. but Jr. has gotten spicy on Twitter. Hell of a match between Shelton Benjamin and Rollins on Raw. Too bad it's being somewhat ignored due to the telling of backstory while action is in progress. That's a disconnect in my opinion. And that's as salty from JR as we're ever going to get, right? It's not that barbecue sauce or maybe a sandwich. You can hear that. That's a, that's a barbecue in my opinion. Like that. You can <laughs> yeah. hear that. You can hear it in JR's voice. Um, and I have to see. I, I mean, I have to say that I did agree with him. I thought that it was a yeah. great match. It did narratively. Okay. But it was a really good, solid match. But. So much of the commentary, because it's always going to be, was about other things. I don't know. I liked the match. I thought it was really solid. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then at the end, my like Seth Rollins thing, when I first started watching wrestling, uh, I would kind of half pay attention. And then I would notice when his hair would get frizzy. And I'd be like, oh, okay, I have to pay attention because if his hair gets frizzy, that means it's good. Yes. And his hair was a mess at the end of it. And so I was like, yeah. oh, no, I got to go back. Um, and yeah, it was really good, but they just weren't, they weren't giving it the space to let it be as good as it was. Mm-hmm. And so they, like, they can move together. I was, yeah. Shelton Benjamin is one of a lot of them that are so good that nothing's happening for, and we forget, like, when you get them in a ring and it's really working, man, they're super good. And it's like, oh, right, you're here because people don't want you on the indies. It's still incredible to watch. It is sad to see him used as filler, and that was an opportunity to maybe to maybe create a little something for him. But again, the commentary, total letdown. Roman was set to have his first singles match back against Baron Corbin, but he was attacked by Drew McIntyre, which led to Dean taking on the Scottish psychopath at a Falls Count Anywhere match. But it looks like Dean and Roman for WrestleMania. Probably. Or not, uh, I mean, Ro- uh, yeah, Roman and, and Drew, not Dean. Yeah. Roman no. and Drew is what I meant. I think it'll be a good match. They're both very great. I think that Drew will absolutely, positively, 100% step up at the plate. I wish it was a better story, but I'm happy to see Roman wrestling again. And that makes me psyched. I don't know. I'm psyched to see Roman more than I'm psyched for this match. Because of only because I there wasn't enough kind of build up considering that WrestleMania is so important. Right. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm just I'm happy to see Roman back. I loved the Falls Count Anywhere match. I love a Falls Count Anywhere match in general. I really enjoy Drew McIntyre, not just because his like his thighs are like my dream like pillow. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, like firm and big mm, um, live, in live inside him <laughs> right yeah. but he's like actually like a genuinely like yeah. fun performer to watch in addition to being huge and wet and so drew mcintyre roman reigns two large wet men cool <laughs> into it i don't know i mean how is like is dean gonna be on wrestlemania i don't know mm. has that confirmed julian and i just missed it this week because i've been busy but i don't know if it's been confirmed that he will or will not be I don't think they he his contract runs out after WrestleMania. Yeah, so he'll but, be there. Okay. Yeah, so I, I'm I'm betting that he'll at least do a run in at least. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and maybe give paycheck. us like that last. It, it's something we've been theorizing for weeks. We're gonna get that last fist bump. That last, oh, for like, sure. Yeah. At the WrestleMania, last shield fisting. Yeah. yeah. Last shield fist. Oh boy. 
One person who was not on the show Sunday was Finn Balor, because uh, he wanted to wait until Monday to drop his Intercontinental title to Bobby Lashley for with a returning Leo Rush. So obviously this will continue into the the grandest stage of them all. Mm. It's odd not to have the... Uh, surely there was a match on the card that could have been moved to make room for Finn Balor to defend the Intercontinental title. Right? Was that the only... One of the I'm, few titles that wasn't defended? I, you know, I love Finn so much. I am so used to Finn getting kind of the short end of the stick and then and then coming back and making something amazing with it that I'm not even like, Finn will rise again. I Did you see that pic he posted this week? He's always going to be fine. <laughs> oh, that's not something you care about. Sorry. I didn't, what happened? <sighs> What you see? Did you see his penis again? Oh my god! So Red shorts. It's did fine. the sun come up today? That's true. <laughs> he and his penis are fine. Does he have an Instagram account for his crotch? Like some people have Instagram <laughs> accounts for their dogs and cats. That's no, no, no. There's no, there's no, um, there's no version of Alistair Black's cat's Instagram for, for his penis. Oh, too bad. Someday, but. It's Finn. There should always be room for him, and there mm-hmm. isn't as much as I would like there to be. And who knows where this story is going. Yeah. But it feels so far. So far, it has not been super enjoyable, just because it feels like they're hot potato. So I don't know. Is this about the chase? Is it about him being a fighting champion? Because we've gotten a little bit of both, but not really not really a full amount of either. I do miss the dick zoom, though, in the entrance. I know. Oh. They caught on. <laughs> they got they on. I mean, also they like changed his trunks. Also, he has different house show trunks than his TV trunks. Yeah, I know. You guys ever noticed well. that his logo kind of points to his junk? Yes, it's like a BC, sure. and it just points down. Of course, we did. We know what he's doing. Literally, photos of Finn are the only time that res- non wrestling fan comedian ladies I know are like, "Wait, this is wrestling," and I'm like, "Yeah, bitch, this is wrestling." <laughs> Let's talk about what I think was one of the best matches of the night. Samoa Joe's first successful U.S. title defense and a fatal four-way against Rey Mysterio, R-Truth, and Andrade. Cien Almas, I will say his full name. Thank you. For all time. Thank you. What a fun match. Yeah. Samoa Joe's the kind of guy who, you know, we, we talk about this a lot on the show. Sometimes the title makes the performer. Sometimes the performer makes the title. He's absolutely making the U.S. title Absolutely, yeah. Important. Yeah. He's a performer who elevates every single match that he's in and every single feud that he's in. Because I, you know, as funny and fun as I thought that, and weird, as I thought that that thing between him and AJ was, he made that feud. Oh, for sure. Yes. And if it was anyone else, it would not have worked. Mojo uplifts everything. And then again, when you have these people, that's a great match. Do we think that... Our truth has maybe like one more year in him before he's done. If you look at the way he's wrestling now compared to the way he was wrestling like a year ago, he is going. He's not holding back. Like yeah. SmackDown um, this week, he was going. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. And, I and noticed... you can tell when people are doing that, when they're going full hog. Absolutely. This group of four people, I could watch them wrestle every week. Yes. And be thrilled. Samoa Joe elevates everything he does, but Rey Mysterio absolutely elevates like anything he touches. Absolutely, uh, Andrade is incredible, and our truth is able to really shine with this group in a way I, you know, I've been watching for a really short time. I'd n- I've never seen him like this before. And also Carmella and Zelina. Also, like you that have five, you have six talented performers who are all involved. You can break it off into one-on-ones. I think Joe needs to move on to either bigger and better things or put the four of them in a ladder match 
You have yeah. to do something yeah. different, but you have to give him a decisive win. I'd like to see him have a lengthier run and maybe cough up the title at SummerSlam personally. And you know, I've always I've always loved and and championed how good everyone is on social media, but mm-hmm. I don't want to call it the Beck effect, but I'm going to go ahead and call it the Befect. Everyone is really doing well on social media, and Zelina has been killing it on social media the last couple of weeks. And yeah. she already was doing very well. One of these days, she's going to tell someone she's going to dog walk them, and it's going to be the best thing on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm excited for that now. Uh, speaking of successful title defenses, what did everybody think about Asuka finally beating Mandy Rose? Oh my God, she kicked her face off. Yeah. Asuka looked strong and mm-hmm. she's been needing to look very strong. I don't think that this is going to affect Mandy Rose negatively because Asuka against anyone, I firmly believe that that person can be incredibly talented and Asuka will still kick your head off your head. And she, she look, she got to wrestle for the title on a pay-per-view. Yep. That's a, that's Which, a huge step yeah. up for Mandy Rose considering yep. that she was right there with ZZ. Just yeah. a couple of years ago. Yeah. Uh, that was easy. That was easy. Was he eaten by an alligator? Do we know? Is that confirmed? Um, he was eaten by the spirit of not trying. <laughs> yep. Which takes the form of an alligator on the bayou. <laughs> Florida. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. it. He's gone. I am not a Mandy Rose fan. I have like, I have issues specifically with her presentation. Um, I think her face is too generic to do a bombshell gimmick. Hmm. I get that. I think for me, and maybe I'm, I like what she's doing specifically. I'm not going to lie. I think that I put a lot of my Eva Marie love onto her. That makes sense. Because I loved everything that Eva Marie was doing. And it seemed very clear that when Mandy came up, they were trying to, and they've been trying to do it forever. They tried to do it with with Emma and that Instagram model gimmick. Mm -hmm. They were trying to do that gimmick for a while. And so for me, I guess I'm like, I loved what Eva Marie was doing before she left so much that Mandy just gets all of that love from me now. I don't think she was ready for this match, but I think this match was to serve a larger story of her and Sonia Deville. Yeah, I'm excited to see where she is in a couple of years. I think that Mandy will continue to try and get better. I think that she was one of those people who, unfortunately, was maybe moved up too quickly from NXT. Yeah, that's what I think happened. And that's happened to a lot of the newer talent. And I'm hoping that they learn that lesson. Keep the guys and gals and non-binary pals who are new, keep them in NXT until they are ready to move on. And if it isn't someone who's been working for, you know, five years in other places and then came over and can already do it and you just have to teach them the WWE way, if it's someone brand, brand new, keep them down there until they learn. Yeah. Yeah. the NXT is a victim of its own success. I agree. Because they got one of the worst things that could have happened, which is they probably got Vince's attention a lot more. So he was like, let's call these people up. And then he just grabs whatever he wants. Then then you start talking about, well, NXT is the third brand. No, it, keep it as the developmental. Like, let these people fail in a safe environment yep, so yeah. they can get better. Let's, let's talk about uh, some people from NXT who have found some success, including the Revival, mm-hmm. uh, who had a barn burner of a match. Rude and Gable look great. Obviously, Ricochet and Aleister Black look great. All of a sudden, Raw has a tag scene. I know, I'm so excited. I love tag teams. Yeah, yeah, it's very exciting. You don't know where it's going, but they're also in the tag scene in SmackDown mm-hmm, as yeah. well. Where, where would you rather see them stay, raw. LB? Yeah, you want them raw. raw? The chemistry between all three teams of The Revival, Rude and Gable, and Alistair Black and Ricochet, I loved. 
But every time Ricochet and Chad Gable were in the ring together, I was like, I went from glued to like edge of my seat, super glued. Like, oh my god, I love every just the 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 like the mixing of styles, yeah. the chemistry, just the energy, like the way they look together. I want. More and more and more and more of that. Yeah, and Rude, I mean, l- let's be real, real. Rude and Gable need this. Yeah. yeah. Um, they were two people who had a ton, again, had a ton of excitement in NXT. Rude has definitely cooled off. Gable has definitely po- cooled off. And they are two incredibly talented folks. We don't have much longer with Rude, let's be real. Mm-hmm. He's another one where we probably only have a good two, three years left of him. So let's, before he starts, you know, maybe not leaving, but phasing to fart part-time. Fart time. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> phasing to part-time and then maybe in more um, helping out folks in developmental. We don't have that much longer with him. And for them to be in that match and get that shine exactly exactly what they needed i mean the thing with the revival is and one of the things that makes them such a great team and also i think makes them very similar to sasha banks is that they are a great tag team and they're great wrestlers but they make whoever they're working with look a million times better yes i remember watching like gargano uh champa in the cruiserweight and being like oh wow these guys are really good but they didn't click for me as a tag team until i saw them with the revival yeah oh God, um, those matches are legendary. Fantastic. Yeah, I mean, unbelievably good. And that they, that got me on board for both teams. I'm jealous of people who are going to these house shows and seeing these house show matches of Gable and Rude versus The Revival that are, are apparently like barn burners, like yeah. barn burner after <sighs> barn burner. I want it. <laughs> Give it no. to me. Uh, but you, you mentioned Sasha Banks. She and Bailey uh, made history with the first defense of the new uh, Women's Tag Team Championships. I say that because those of you who don't know, they existed in the 80s as well, but they're back now uh, and actually featured prominently, uh, which is very exciting. Also notable in that match, Beth Phoenix gets back in the mix, and now she's going to be teaming with Natalia. Um, I, I like the match. I think the match is very, it's very hard for for Sasha and Bailey to have a bad match mm-hmm. with people. They did. They went out there and made sure that those titles looked important. I like I like Nia fine. I like Tamina. Okay, mm. Beth getting involved was interesting to me. But h- how do you feel about people like that coming back into a scene that maybe you know there are new stars to yeah. to elevate rather than yeah. having to pop people with Beth coming back? I have a different opinion on it when it's the dudes yeah. than when it's the chicks. I just do. Like when it's the guys, I'm kind of like you had your time, right? And unless it is one of those cases where you went to somewhere else and you boosted your profile and now you're back and you want to have your, you know, you want to have your winner's lap, okay? When it comes to the women, they did not have yeah. the chance to be able to be in the spotlight. So when you get a Mickey James back, when you get a Beth Phoenix back, um, I'm not going to be mad about it because, yeah, there is a lot of younger talent, but these are the women that that paved the way in whatever way they could you know, back in the days where women weren't allowed to throw strikes. What? And so for them to come back and be able to experience what they should have been experiencing all along, I'm never going to be angry about it. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, you mentioned a ladder match for, I think, the U.S. championship. What mm-hmm. I would love to see is a ladder match for these titles. Yes, mm. please. Um, so what I would like, my dream is to have Bailey and Sasha and then Beth and Natalia. And I mean, from the the way the stuff we saw on Raw that Nia and Tamina are going to be involved too. I would love to see like a team from NXT in there. Mm-hmm. All of those teams together would 
be electric to watch. And it would also be a thing we know WWE loves to do, right. which is a nice tableau of like, look how far we've come. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. They'll you be can, able to toot you, their own you know, horn. You can have Stephanie come out and give the same fucking speech she gives yeah. every time that I always have the same rebuttal to, so I won't do it this time. Y'all know exactly how I feel about it. Um, I would love that. I mean, I want a TLC, but just like, Sasha can't break a table. There's not enough of her. Yeah, <laughs> like a little like sugar glass table. Yeah, yeah there you go, sugar glass. Perfect. She'll go through it. And here's the thing: she would let you try to whack her through that table as many times as it took as like a little beautiful chainsaw. But she also has a back, and we would like to save it. True. If you got any thoughts on everything we've discussed so far, let us know about them at Facebook.com/group/tightsfights and at tightsfights on Twitter and Instagram. When we come back. More big things that happen on the road to WrestleMania. You're listening to Tights and Fights. Hi, it's me, Paula Poundstone. And it's me, Adam Felber. We have a podcast called Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone. It's a comedy podcast where we bring on experts to teach us stuff we need to know. And by the way, the guy who came to tell us what to do when you encounter a bear never showed up. Anyway, it's fun. You are guaranteed laughs in every episode. You can't really guarantee laughs. What if somebody doesn't laugh? We'll get sued. Join us for our next episode where we have an expert in consumer law explain to us how to defend ourselves against one humorless litigious shut-in with enough time on their hands to sue us over our unfulfilled claim of guaranteed laughs in every episode here at MaximumFun.org. The Cat of the Week is Mabel from Green Bank, West Virginia. Welcome back to Tights and Fights. I'm Hal Lublin. I'm joined today by... Danielle Radford. And... Hi, I'm L.B. Hung Tears. Sorry, I wasn't ready for that. <laughs> it's okay. The pin we dropped again. again. We never warn anyone. The pin dropped again. And my pin dropped again. I was like, oh no, I keep dropping my pin. You These... know what? In life, the pin drops sometimes. That's just yeah. life. Kofi Kingston has had a rough time on the road to his presumed match for the WWE title at WrestleMania. He thought he was added to the match at Fastlane, only to have Vince McMahon tell him that he was in a handicap match against the bar. Uh, Of course, the triple threat match we did get was between Daniel Bryan, Kevin Owens, and Mustafa Ali, and it was a barn burner. Mm. Great match. Three great uh, performers. I mean, certainly... There's almost not a lot to talk about because it's exactly what you would expect from yeah. all three guys. Yeah. Right. The standing, the Spanish fly off of the top rope was my favorite spot of the whole match mm-hmm. as it was fucking incredible and looked super dangerous. And I knew that they were safe because they were both yeah. really capable performers. And it was just breath, like, took my breath away. And not a lot of things in wrestling take your breath away anymore. That took my breath away. Yeah. Still, I mean, not to belabor the point, but I am so, so, so here for this Kofi moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, the, the build to to Kofi, the way that they've embraced it. First of all, that that handicap match was ex- absolutely perfect. They mm-hmm. tore him apart. They yeah. looked like animals. He looked like he. Played so many his people were perfectly. cranky, and it's like, no, this is exactly this oh, is the match. You guys, please work me, work I mean, me, daddy, work me, daddy. <laughs> it was hard to watch, but like it needs to be hard to watch. Yes, it needs to feel bad. It needs to hurt. Yes, because. Then on SmackDown, when Kofi, when, you know, Big E talks and Xavier Wood talks and Vince talks, and then finally Kofi talks, and I'm weeping, and I'm like, I need Kofi Kingston to win the championship at WrestleMania more than I need, like, health insurance or stable housing or anything in my life I actually need. 
Where? Such a great story. You know, I was thinking about this this morning. I know, I understand the, the strong attachment people have to the shield. And then I was thinking, New Day has been together as a group for longer. Yep. And we don't talk about them the same way. And that bothers me. I agree. That um, bothers and me I, in a I major think it's, way. You know, they're more, they're obviously like a comedy group. But we've seen that if you get the three of them together and they really mean it, they will fuck you up. And, and they're never going to break them up. They've already said, like, we're not. And of course they won't. They sell way too much merch. Right. They're never going to break them up. And I think they learned that lesson from The Shield where break them up if you mean it, but don't do it and then bring them back and do it and bring them back. Yeah. Other than obviously Kofi has to win at WrestleMania. Right. But first, we're going to get a yeah. great match next week, which is a uh, yeah. gauntlet match where he has to wrestle. It's The Bar, Eric Rowan, Samoa Joe, oh, and man, Randy Orton. The resurrection of Eric Rowan has been so good. I'm yeah. so here for it. Yeah. It's R. fantastic. R. First name, though. Just yeah. Rowan now. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Well, he's recycling it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Again, he still looks like a lot of dudes I knew back home, but it's fine. <laughs> That's the point, right? Yeah, he's, he's supposed, supposed to, to. He's supposed to look like some dude I used to go to a bar to in Seattle, who yeah, would dude. talk to me way too much about composting. He looks like a Pike's Place fishmonger. He, oh my god, he definitely caught some fish, and he walks by the gum wall and is as disgusted by it as I am. Yeah, exactly. What a waste. Why does it gross. smell like breath? <laughs> <laughs> Shane McMahon turned on the Miz. This feels like a much better babyface turn than his turn in what was it, 2013? They tried mm. to turn him face, and that was a disaster. But this time, it felt like they did it right. They did it in his hometown, mm. in front of his dad. In front of his dad, which is very important. He shoved his dad. He put him in, a, in, in the weirdest triangle choke I've ever seen. <sighs> it's fine. And then he comes on SmackDown. He finally pulls out the trophy and demands to be announced as the best of the world. It's actually a decent payoff from an event that we don't officially recognize nope. on this show. Mm-mm. Do you have any high hopes for their for their match at WrestleMania, or or is it just this will no, be fine? No, no, no it's okay. I mean, my um, also my thing is like I am, do not want Miz to ever be a babyface because I think heel Miz is like is like a big piece of the glue that holds the entire company together. Yeah, um, and especially like the weekly TV shows. So as happy as I am <clears throat> at that, you know, Cool Boss is finally the heel that Cool Boss needs to be, because mm-hmm. Cool Bosses are pretty much all heels in real life. <laughs> I'm sad about The Miz. So. Yeah. I just I know that the match is going to be good because Miz could have a great match with me, and I can't wrestle. And I know that if I got into the ring with The Miz, he would make me look great. And I wouldn't be trying to do the coast to Chicago. So <laughs> I, I know that it would be it would be great. I just, to quote a line from one of my favorite comics, which started The House of M., Wanda Maximoff very famously said, no more McMahons. That's right. That was what kicked it all off. No more McMahons. Becky and Charlotte had a match on Sunday, which Ronda interrupted to ensure that Becky would win by disqualification to give us the triple threat for the Raw women's title at Mania. Mm-hmm. She goes on Raw, cuts another promo about how wrestling is fake. Tight. But we did get this uh, promo from Dana Brooke. Mm. Each week on Raw... I fight Mm -hmm. for a chance. And I don't even get the time of day, let alone a match. Rhonda, it's the night after a pay-per-view. And usually you issue an open challenge. My name 
is Dana Brooke. Until she drops and one of them. I accept. That woman has had a fuck of a year. Um, and I'm happy to see her get some of the line light. Again, I think that she looked great. I think that the promo worked for me. I know it wasn't the best promo we've ever heard. Um, I am confident that if she starts getting back on TV, she will start getting back into her Dana Brooke mojo. I loved it. I was happy to see it. Oh, I was thrilled. She was so lovely. It was like, okay, yeah, it wasn't the best promo ever, but it it was heartfelt enough and yes. rooted enough in reality Yep. that, you know what, it might as well have been like a really great promo. Like it didn't need, it doesn't need to have the formal elements if the like heart is there and the heart was there. I agree. Um, especially after Rhonda's promo about how wrestling was fake. I'm glad that she was given the ball. I'm glad that she ran with it. My memory of her in ring from a couple years ago, and I don't know how much work she's done then, is that her matches weren't very good and that she wasn't like, like, it felt like she found her groove as a personality rather than a wrestler, and that mm-hmm. was purely based on the product that she was putting out in the ring, well, which she- is which is okay, and she and she also can get like maybe could maybe is way better, and I'm not aware of it. I th- I like the segment for what it was. Mm-hmm. I d- I don't watch it and go, well, this is the start of the Dana Brooks story. I think it is a story in service mm-hmm. of of something else. I hope it is. I hope she gets more out of it. I I like when people go out and say something honest and she had a really great Instagram post afterwards. Yes. She obviously from a personal standpoint I don't know who she is. Like you know I don't know her personally. This is nothing against the the difficult times she's had. I She has my sympathy. I'm just I'm talking purely from yeah, what I see on TV and in, in ring. I'm not like excited for the next Dana Brooke match I see. When I see her out there I go oh this is gonna somebody's going to have to work harder because she will she will make a lot of mistakes. She got caught again she got called up too early she from did. NXT. She absolutely Way did, yeah. too early. And that's not her fault at all. I'm hoping that this is one of those things where she comes out and she surprises us because I want to be surprised by Dana Brooke because I already sure. like her. I already like her. I just want the matches to be great. I, I guess f- for me in that segment, it would have made sense to me logically to see Mickey James in that spot. Someone who's mm-hmm. been working for decades and knows how difficult life on the road is, has worked for different companies, did not come from bodybuilding to the WWE developmental system to getting called up too early to struggling to, you know, I mean, it just, it took away some of the impact. I also thought the line of the whole segment was was Ronda taking the armbar off and going, that'll be 60 bucks if you want to see that. <sighs> oh, she obviously doesn't know that for nine ninety nine a month, you can get the you WWE see, uh, Network and see it if you want. 60 bucks, that's half a year of the network. Batista and Triple H had their face-to-face and scheduled their WrestleMania match. No holds barred. The best part of that there is- There will be holds barred. That, it's uh, Batista. That, He's in movies. If you go on Reddit, you can find it somewhere. Somebody edited um, uh, Wannabe by the Spice Girls with mm. the, tell me what I want, what I really, really want. Tell That's what great. I want, what I really, really want. That's That was the best thing to come out of that segment. Uh, I don't- I, don't, I I mean, if it'll you guys be great. Have... It's great promotion for Endgame. Yeah, I guess. If, if all the stuff you want to say about it's fine. I don't like. There's nothing. I don't. I don't think there's anything to say for me personally about that segment, other than they will have a match and it will be a match. And I like Dave Bautista a lot in mm-hmm. the Avengers films, and it's a shame that James Gunn isn't doing Guardians of the Galaxy three. That's that is the most I have to say about that segment. Well, on Bautista Raw. will be another thing. So he'll be fine. What do you think? Yeah, I could watch. 
Dave Batista spit onto a microphone for hours. <laughs> yeah. And I did just go back and like kind of watch some of that like over and over again on mute. Um, I really liked his blazer. I loved the coordinating nose ring and sunglasses. Yeah, now imagine good. him with his dogs next to him. Oh, so oh, one dog under each arm. Yeah. Or one dog that he's feeding treats to as he's talking. And the rest of them just around his at his feet waiting. Yeah. What if they all also had little sunglasses on? Yeah. Yes. And nose rings. You know, I believe that he has a picture. I think I've posted it before where it's him and his wife and their dogs and they're all wearing the same shirt, including the dogs. Oh, that good rules. Lord. I mean, okay. Bless his heart. This segment was really fun. I'm going to watch their entrances mm-hmm. really, really, really like closely oh, at WrestleMania. Be good. And I want to see what NXT after. people. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I mean, no. I need to hydrate. Like, I'm probably going to be drinking a lot of like non water at mm-hmm. WrestleMania. I will need to hydrate. Sure. I yeah. will need to use the bathroom. So, at right. some point, yeah. you're going to need more water. You guys know that we're going to see Batista's dogs at WrestleMania probably. You know how? Why? He has a uh, a thigh tattoo with his dogs' faces, oh, just like, thank God. and he wears like you know he wears short trunks. He so does. Like, you're gonna, yeah. you're gonna he see those dogs very trunks. prominently. That's fantastic. So wonderful. Oh, thank God. Yeah, I, I think it'll be fun. Um, I think, I think that the WWE is gonna try to get in as much end game stuff as they will allow. Sure. Which probably won't be much. Um, I think that. Vince probably doesn't know the difference between Fox and Disney, and maybe the merger won't be done, so maybe we'll get a Hugh Jackman. Maybe. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? He's been on before. Oh, uh, like a lot. Another. So this is supposed before. to be Batista's final WrestleMania match. Another final match coming was Kurt Angle, who does not have an opponent. Uh, Trying to think of who it could be. Don't. You really don't know. You, I'm going to tell you exactly I know who, who it is. Be. Yeah. I, I think we're on the same page. Tell him. One, two, three. John Fake Cena. Black Sun. No, no, oh. it's not going to oh, be him. Oh, we don't know. Everybody <laughs> thought they knew. Danielle John Cena is going to wrestle Joe, Samoa Joe. No, he's not. Don't be a fool. He ain't going to be wrestling Samoa Joe. It's and two. Al- he's not. And also, Jason Jordan ain't coming back. He's done. You like, think that Kurt poor... Angle's going to put over John Cena on the no, way? No, I think John Cena's going to put over Kurt Angle. Why would he? Why would they ever let? No. What, what does that I do for anybody? I don't want a John. Uh, I mean, it's fine. It's just John Cena's like not. He's an actor now. It's been I a minute. He has hair now. I just yeah. don't. You guys say Samoa Joe, and I saw that. I do not want to see Samoa Joe and John Cena. No, I don't want. Yeah, I don't want to see that. No. Why? I'd rather see that at SummerSlam. Honestly, okay. I'd rather see that there than WrestleMania. Well, maybe you will. We'll see. We'll find out. What do you people think? Let us know. Let us know about it. Facebook.com/slash/group/slash/tightsfights, or you can just add us. We're tights fights on Twitter and Instagram. You know where to find us. We come back. This got aggro. We've got some things from the wrestling world you should know about. This is a text fight. Mmm, this cocoa is perfect, honey. Oh, thanks, babe. But the kids made it. Sherry, Kevin, how are your Max Fun Drive decorations coming along? I made a giant enamel pin for all of us to put at the top of the rocket. But, Moms, I always put the pin on the top of the rocket myself. Oh, Kevin, honey, it's time to start sharing these things. Whatever. The pod fairy isn't real. Mama and Mommy pay for our quality podcast. (gasps) Mommy? Mama? Is the pod fairy fake? Well, sweetie, the truth is no one pod fairy could make all the wonderful shows you love to listen to. And it, it's true. Your mommy and I choose to pay a small monthly amount to make sure those shows exist. Hmm. 
I guess it does take a lot of work and resources to create a podcast. From generating ideas, and booking guests, and writing scripts, and editing. Um, yes, honey. That's very important. And starting March 18th, we can listen to the year's best Max Fun Drive shows, knowing that we're helping make them happen. We wish you a great Max Fun Drive and a Welcome back to Tights and Fights. I'm Hal Lublin, joined today by... Danielle Radford. And... Elvie Hunk-Tears. This week, we want to end the show by sharing some of the joy of pro wrestling with you. This is The Three Count. Elvie, guests go first here. What would you like to put over? Okay, cool. Uh, Well, if you like wrestling and hate necks, Mm. you're going to love to watch Naito versus Kota Ibushi... Um, in their first round New Japan Cup match, where they just destroy each other's necks the whole time. Oh, oh scary, nice. but I, yes. It was really good, though. I bet it was great. Oh, my god. I haven't seen it yet. Do we have a clip? Ibushi not wanting to let go. Naito will use a handful of hair to send Ibushi across. A drop down from Naito underneath the elbow of Ibushi. Lightning fast. Both men so quick. Whoa. Deep arc drag. He'll hang on. No. Head scissors. Tranquilo, Kevin. Tranquilo. We are just getting started. There you go. Next city. Danielle. Next city. Next next city. Um, So speaking of Mustafa Ali, someone who I love who was amazing, he did an episode of the series called The Secret Life of Muslims on Splinter News, where he talked a little bit about his experience as a wrestling fan and what it felt like to watch wrestling and see, you know, as we've talked about, uh, wrestling in the 80s was not great for people of color. Um, so we talked a little bit about that, and he's great. And here's a clip. When I tuned in, anyone of Middle Eastern heritage was always portrayed as the bad guy the evil form, the terrorists. And I knew I didn't want to do that. The initial stages of my career, I was actually hiding behind a mask to hide who I was. But I was getting frustrated. Don't hide that face. I wasn't getting better bookings. I wasn't competing at bigger events. Several of my friends in the industry kept saying like, you know, now is the time you should try out doing an evil character. And so was born Prince Mustafa Ali. Prince Mustafa just add the whole head garb thing, yelling in a foreign language. My bookings went up. I was getting flown all over the U.S. That's to compete. So sad. I, yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm so happy that he got to actually do the thing that he loves to do. I'm happy that he's talking about it. That's so important. But now he gets to be the little sub-zero that he's always wanted to be and that I've always wanted for him. Um, and I'm just happy anytime a wrestler... Um, or anyone really gets to speak up about how things have changed in their experience because as people of color, and especially right now with folks who are from the Middle East, who are Muslim, it's real not great because of the way that other people treat them. And the fact that he has been able to say, I'm not going to do that. Like, this is what I'm going to do. You know, and he's so fantastic. And his family is so lovely and amazing. And I love seeing them every time he posts. That man loves his wife more than I've loved anything in my entire life. Um, so, yeah, good good for you, Mustafa. And I'm so happy that he was able to share his thoughts and his experiences. 
Excellent. I want to put over, I never thought I would be interested in AJ Styles wrestling Randy Orton, <laughs> but the segments they keep doing and the sound bites are actually interesting. And the segment they had on SmackDown I thought was pretty good. Uh, here's a little taste of it. In 2005, AJ was down in Florida getting a tan with Dixie Carter while I was here facing The Undertaker at WrestleMania. In 2006, 2007, 2008, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, I was here and I was a champion. This isn't the house that AJ Styles built. This house was built long before AJ Styles ever stepped foot in this ring. This is the house that Randy Orton built. Yeah, knowing Randy, he probably wants to build a nice big wall around that house. So. <laughs> yeah. But also, wow, again, when Randy Orton cares, man, yep. it's real good. That's it's right. It's real good. That's right. Um, his Twitter is a problem, but, <sighs> but when he cares about wrestling, man, it's great. Uh, the stuff with him and, and him his saying wife bad things on Twitter is just... They like to fuck. Yeah. Oh, they fuck it. <laughs> and they want to make sure oh. we know. I mean, people make fun of me for being horny on Maine, but I don't do that. Man, they're so horny on Maine. <laughs> that does it for Tights and Fights. We are a podcast on the Maximum <laughs> Fun Network. This week, your hosts were LB, Daniel Radford, along with me, Hal Lublin. LB, thanks so much for joining us. Tell us uh, what people should be reading, following. Where do you want them to go? Oh, well, thank you so much for having me. I am Hunk Tears on Twitter. You can check out the podcast I produce if you liked me or if you didn't like me but you liked my opinions because I'm not actually on the podcast it's called Wrestlesplania <laughs> um, episodes come out every Thursday so after you listen to this you can just look up Wrestlesplania on your podcast thing of choice we're on all of them our episode this week is about the revival so it's really good Ooh. and fun and yeah you can also read mine I just started doing WWE reviews on Fanbyte and that is at fanbyte.com Yay! Excellent. Excellent. Danielle? I have been, oh, for those of you who know me from Screen Junkies, one of our writers is off on paternity leave. So I have actually been helping write some of the Honest trailers. We just did the Honest trailer for Fantastic Beasts, Crimes of Grindelwald. Yikes. Um, so the Honest trailer for that is up, as well as the Honest trailer commentaries, which I am on. So go watch those. Um, you will see me on Screen Junkies at least for the next month on Tuesdays and Thursdays doing SJU and then my normal movie fights. I'm, I've been very, very fortunate in that I've been getting a shit ton of work lady lately, so I'm a little behind in some of the stuff that I need to send people that I love. But yeah, you can also find me on my Patreon. Things are exciting. Things go on. It's, ha it's happy. <laughs> and I'm getting work. And I'm so busy that my hair is falling out. Fantastic. Or that's my wig. And or it's traction alopecia. <laughs> Who knows? That's the fun mystery of life. Uh, Max Fun Drive coming up next week. Be sure to support both Tights and Fights and We Got This with Mark and Al. We're about to go into should I reveal it here? Dare I reveal it here? That we are starting a Mackle Month of back-to-back-to-back-to-back McElroy episodes, starting with Clint, Papa McElroy, next week. Uh, that is going to be on We Got This, Mark and Hal. Also, in two weeks from tonight at the Dynasty Typewriter here in downtown LA, the Work Juice players unite to improvise, as we do every month. Look for the link on all of my social medias. I am at Hal Lublin, everywhere you want to be. Our producer is the master of the Blurred Box Challenge, that's Julian Burrell. 
Senior producer at Maximum Fun is Laura Swisher. Mike Eagle is the voice behind our theme music as well. We're putting him over for that. Keep up with us all week long at facebook.com slash group slash tights fights and at tights fights on Twitter and on Instagram. If you love the show, remember to hit those five stars on Apple Podcasts. Share us with all your friends, especially important as we head into Max Fun Drive. Speaking of which, thank you so much to all the Maximum Fun members who have a portion of their monthly recurring contribution. Help keep the lights on when we are in here and the tiles on the wall. I will never stop talking about that. We'll be back next week for even more, you guessed it, wrestling. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.